Let's go down to the urban homestead, Pasadena by the freeway. Right down there on the urban homestead, Jules and his family are working away. Come on down to the farm in the city, back to the future, back to the plan. Right down there on the urban homestead, loving the life back into the land. Oh, 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 help the garden grow, singing. Oh, 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 we've got to help the garden grow. Welcome to the Urban Homestead Radio. We are your hosts, Anise, Justin, Jordan. Special thanks to our sponsor, Layman's, in Kidron, Ohio. For over 60 years, they have provided practical, non-electrical tools and appliances and home goods. Our family has been a huge fan of theirs since the 1990s and have purchased many quality products for our own homestead. When technology fails, their products will certainly work. So check out their website and online catalog at layman's.com, and that's L-E-H-M-A-N-S.com. We appreciate the support of this podcast. Oh, oh, oh. Help the garden grow, singing. Oh, oh, oh. We've got to help, help the garden grow. Oh, oh, oh. Help the garden grow, singing. Oh, oh, oh. We've got to help the garden grow. Hey, folks, and happy summer. Thanks for tuning in. Oh, wow, we have a lot to talk about today. Um, first of all, we're celebrating an anniversary. It's, it's a sentimental, of course, but um, 16 years ago, we uh, we um, decided to start the website in one simple blog post, a little there's entry. No yeah, there was there's no, no such, such thing as, as a blog. blog. I say blog journal. now, but it was like journal. Online it was, it was a highly tech-coded tech yeah. bit of information. Yeah, journal entry that sort of changed our website. life. Yeah, on our website and thousands, hundreds of thousands of others. So from one simple little uh, entry uh, 16 years ago um, to where we're sit- sitting today, um, yeah, we have the podcast, which is growing strong. How many, Justin, how many? Yeah, uh, 30,000 in just over a month. Yeah, so we appreciate everybody tuning in and sharing, and hopefully they continue to share. We also have um, people... Uh, Companies now sending us uh, products to review. We have Lodge, the cast iron, Ghost Sun Ovens, and Layman's sending us stuff. So we really appreciate that, and we'll be um, reviewing that um, on the podcast Maybe and some on giveaways our blog. as well. Yeah, and giveaways as well. So, um, Jordan, we also tell us what we're doing with the workshops. Well, I first have to say, uh, thank God for WordPress. <laughs> <laughs> sixteen years ago, everything. Sixteen years ago, everything had to be hand coded, mm-hmm. and there was hell. Every blog post had to link back mm-hmm. and forth. I mean, is well, actually, almost more than 16 years ago, and it was. Well, um, yeah, so we're older. The website's older than Google. Well, YouTube I mean, and, and yeah, it's uh, it's older than YouTube. Google was actually a founded corporation okay, before but it, it became. But not the yeah. internet search. So it was uh, any time had blog posts had to be written. There was uh, no easy content management system at the time. And I spent long hours at night trying to make that website work. So. Thank God for WordPress and <laughs> just content management systems are godsend. And um, yeah, so when I think about how everybody has it like so easy now, we're hosting our own videos. I remember when I put our first video up on the internet, it kind of crashed our server because it was so big and so many people hit it at one time. Um, this was before YouTube. And, uh, it did exist. The world yeah, <laughs> yeah, we existed before YouTube. Imagine that. If it wasn't YouTube, did it exist? Yes, it did. Um, so yeah, that was, I just look back on those days Pretty now archaic, as I, yeah. yeah, everything had to be coded. I had to teach Annie and like, now if you wanted to make it bold, you had to do, you know, be, um, close. <laughs> but like I said, the very first, you know, entry, aka now blog post, there wasn't really any there blogs was out there regarding, Mm-mm. you know, just the urban farming, homesteading in the city, no. stuff like that. And so I remember the first, like, my links or people coming to the website were, I think, knitters. And, um, yeah, there were, were even, like, blog platforms. It was very, like I said, it was, like, GeoCities. It wasn't much out there at It wasn't, because I, I did spend a lot of time on the Internet doing a lot of, like, research and just... Because, I, and you know, the tech kind of fell to me, being the youngest. It was like, here, you understand this language, you'll figure it out. Mm-hmm. 
and online it just um this was before when you can actually use to submit links to YouTube. <laughs> I mean, sorry, Yahoo. You used to submit links to Yahoo. So, wow. Yahoo actually accepted submissions. Um, it was nothing. It was... I remember sitting there trying to define exactly the message to the people, what we were doing. There was a couple, uh, like, homesteading today, I think, was a message board at that time. And I went on there, and it was like, all these people living on acreage and it was you know didn't find a niche there so we just kind of created our own and um, I do remember the time we actually sat there to try to get that message to the people um, about what in our what the urban homestead was the challenge we challenged on food we, we named it at the time the living free is it GMO scarce yeah we named it living free but um, there were some people paying attention. Actually, I came across some printouts of our first emails mm-hmm. when we had the MSN oh. email address. <laughs> and they were like, wow, what is this? And I remember going to Dad, and it was like, people want, they, they want this defined. And so then we said, let's, let's call it, it the, Ur- document, yeah, document, the Urban Homestead, the documenting our story. Our story. Well, Dad um, said, here's the thing. I remember him saying, I homesteaded in New Zealand, I homesteaded in Florida, and we're homesteading here, and we're in an urban area, so... This is like an yeah, urban well, homestead. I had to get that diary post from 2001. Uh-huh. What we're talking about now. And I think it was over lunch. Yeah. It was over lunch. And he wrote it that and the, net, and the, the urban homestead was born. Yeah, as, as I do, because like Dad, I'm very analytical. <laughs> the first thing I did was search it through the many search engines at that time. And came up with the Urban Homestead Assistance Board, which was about the homesteading, where you can homestead on a... On a uh, House. It's rehabbing. Yeah, rehabbing. Where you homestead, you this old, you know, the old homestead um, acts of like when they when so they yes. went out west or something, and they Basically sit on a piece of land for like three years. You can claim it. Yeah. So, uh, and then I went to the library and did a research on that on the Lexus Nexus, and I came back to Dad. I'm like, nobody knows what it is because there's nothing out there. He's like, don't worry, we're gonna make something. Because I, I kind of at that time being young, I wanted something which fit a little bit more into the trends of what people were doing. I think, you know, I didn't... Like, I think it was, like, green living. Yeah, that. green living. I wanted it, to have, like, sustainable or yeah. something. And I think it was green. And I was like, Dad, I don't think people actually... This is new, urban homestead and urban homesteading. He was like, well, this is what we're doing. And I remember the very first birthday I went with Dad. <laughs> we parked under this pine tree, and people would walk by, and they just, like, stop and double-take, and they just come over, and they're like, what? What is this? What are, you what are you selling? Nothing. And they're like, what's in Urban Homestead? I'm like, well, the Urban Homestead is this place up the street. And it had these little cutout letters. We had Urban Homestead. And you're like, oh, this is awesome. Yeah. And we had pictures of our garden. We had mm-hmm. pictures of our biodiesel. We had pictures of our solar. We had pictures of our chickens, uh, gray water, all the elements yeah. to this thing. And they were just like, what we, is this? We showed exactly what we had done. And, uh, we're going to do. Yeah. We're going to. And then I think it was on the right-hand corner. It says future projects. Mm-hmm. And I just remember the little buzz that went around because people would come to the booth after them like, I've heard about this. What is it? This urban homestead? What is this? I've never heard this before. Where are you going? And it was a buzz, and it, you know, I was what, 14, and I was like, oh, well, this is fancy. And I think the second art that we went to, the story came from um, another guy who showed up, and he said he was jaded sitting at the, at his booth, which he was for a major green company. And he was like kind of kvetching to one of his co workers that, oh, there's nothing new. Same nothing old, revolutionary, old. nothing revolutionary, like just same old, same old, same <laughs> old. And the guy says, no, go down to that booth. You'll find it. So he walked down there. I, I think I remember when he showed up. He was just like, so yeah, I was, I was told that you're doing something revolutionary. And I think I remember trying to explain it to him. And you could just see he was just like, and he became a friend after that. And he kept repeating. I, I didn't believe there was anything revolutionary until I met you guys. Yeah. And it's unfortunate that I think that... There was a lot of Earth Days back then. Every there was like at least a cluster of them. Now, unfortunately, I mean there seem well, less and less. The fad, yeah, fad it costs money to also put them on. on yeah. So the fund, the funding yeah. isn't in there in the cities. You know, but those were big deals. Yeah, it's budget that's cuts. Where, I mean, uh, yeah. that's where the happening, happening hipster fo- or whatever the happening folks. The folks you know, came down from the mountains. Yeah, came down the mountains, <laughs> and we kind of saw each other and like, yeah, 
this is what we're doing. Yeah, so that was kind of the Earth Days of the so past. Fast forward. Or? Well, Anissa, I riffed off that, but she asked um, about the workshops, and I kind of went off on another tangent. But yeah, we did our first workshop in six months since Dad passed away. The first one was uh, jam making. Um, and then we followed up with Chicken 101. Both of those are on patron-only podcasts. Mm -hmm. uh, the jam-making one is there. The, and chicken the chicken one's coming, coming up. up. And, then this, and then this week will be canning, which would be more than jam-making, which would be the pickles. Mm -hmm. yeah, and, and that would be also another patron-only. Um, I'm being pressured in a good way to do Chicken 102, which is expansion of... After you have chickens, now what, Jordy? <laughs> yeah. Because Help. I just, like, when you start talking on a workshop, your brain just starts going, and then you realize that, not run out of time, it's good, but it's like, oh, man, there's so much more to say. Yeah. And you just kind of keep it simple because most of the people at the class are just wanting to know if they want to get into chickens. But at your chicken workshop, you had a family from Brazil. Mm -hmm. That was pretty cool because their son had inter or volunteered the summer before. Changed uh, I think his, two summers ago. Two summers. Okay, time is flying. So two summers before, changed his life around, and then the family was back in town. Mm. He's on a... Uh, like a farm program yeah, in with Washington goats and, and goats, and so he's going to graduate from that. But the family was in town and wanted to come by and thank she, us for because their their aunt is a yeah farm yeah our farm their aunt her um, his aunt but his dad sister is, is, yeah is the woman's but I remember brother. the father yeah. saying he said you know he looked at me he said thank you Philippe the Antoinette yeah was uh, lost and you guys set him on a path and I was like. But, but they can't, they attended your chicken workshop yeah. and said it was amazing. So they're going to go back to Brazil and maybe He's actually trying to start up something with chickens in the school that he works with. Um, I think he's a teacher. Mm -hmm. And he was asking me a lot of questions about how to work with chickens and children. And um, mm -hmm. Yeah, I hope to hear from him. I told him, let me know if there's anything to do. And yeah. that, was, that was a lot of fun, you know, just to know you can actually touch someone's life mm -hmm. in that way just by having him be there. Yeah, and pretty decent following in South yeah. America. Yeah, and then Brazil like, particularly. Well, he said, well, would you come to Brazil? I said, like, you yes. know what? All we need is a plane ticket. Per and pretty then, much anywhere we go, just give us a plane and ticket. And then on my Facebook page the other day, we're like, hey, remember us? We're at your fans in India. I was like, come yeah, back. Come, come back. back. I was like, we're yeah, trying. we would. <laughs> we pay for our plane ticket. You know, because we don't require much. We sleep on the floor. Eat, we're eat. very simple. We're very simple. We don't need, yeah, we don't need much. We'll be happy just, just there. So if we can, you know, we're, we're, we'll be happy to go anywhere if uh, we can get If we there. can manage so, and arrange almost. it. And some, almost anywhere. Some finances. <laughs> almost. Almost anywhere. Where would be the almost? Almost. almost. Some places we're not. Well, when Dad was alive, he did get a lot of opportunities presented to him. And it was after the Rocky War, there was a pitch where they wanted to do something in Basra to rebuild the city. And then more sustainable. More sustainable. Because was of... Was uh, the Kuwaiti one? Or was that, that was the Kuwaiti. No, that was the Qatar one. But they wanted they wanted dad because it was a there was a concern about all the seeds that were being put into Iraq or uh, hybrids and genetic modified, mm -hmm. and they wanted to counter that by creating something in the city of Basra. But yeah. the funding fell through on that. Yeah. So and then um, yeah, it was a lot. So yeah, we're contemplating. We're at sort of a crux here. We're sort of past midway in the year, um, looking at pumpkins and, and and thanksgiving and and uh, yeah that's pretty scary yeah and let's not talk about not that. gonna it's yeah sort of mixed feelings in that but um life goes on yeah life goes on and so we're contemplating our future we have you know like i said a lot of things on the to-do list a lot of things we're trying to figure out what we want um you know feedback from our listeners of course really appreciate that we love uh readers questions and maybe take one um, during the, this um, podcast um, but Justin uh, tell us more like I said people are um, we've sort of thing changed this year was we kind of didn't open up we had the front porch farm stand but with all the circumstances we and almost 90% of the farm stand customers going to the farm box program were concentrating oh, on streamlined it. we yeah. streamlined it a bit we still had a country club in the cater mm -hmm. mm -hmm. but the farm box is uh, a little bit e not say easier but with the More concentrated lack of manpower and stuff mm -hmm. like that to be on call all the time. Mm -hmm. So it works. It currently is working. Now check that. It may. I don't know what the future will bring, but it's currently farm box, CSA, community supported agriculture, 
when people subscribe weekly or other week to a box. It's like a builder box. Yeah, yeah. customizer box. So it does. It is working so far. Mm -hmm. um, said, but you have to always adapt. So we're yeah. trying to figure out what's well, next, like the what's garden, new. We adapt with whatever circumstances we are in. Yeah. So far it's working, but I don't know. You know, you still have to stay on stay on your toes. Yeah. To so see what's it. happening in the garden? Like, and what people are getting their farm box. I mean, everybody's really happy with their farm box. I mean, they're saying amazing. This is amazing. Best stuff and. And Gabriel, which is going to be in, uh, I think, uh, tomorrow. Tomorrow. No, yeah, a podcast yeah, coming tomorrow. up. Yeah, we interviewed one of the farmers that we partner with. Um, we're getting from him and our place some amazing produce, and and um, people are going crazy over just the quality and the freshness of everything. So, um, yeah, we get nothing but you know positive reviews. So that's good. That keeps us going and like to provide food uh, for the people grown by the people so like yeah. to continue I mean, we that. can't grow everything so we no. do partner with other farms to bring in the stuff we can't grow mm -hmm. uh, we do have a lot of stuff but it's sometimes hard to just get people to come by for that one thing so bring in the fruit mm -hmm. and table and mm -hmm. stuff like that helps and the coffee and bread and broth Karen and Karen's like going to so. be another podcast too so. yeah so we have a look, good mix of small farm small business sort of a co-op kind of thing versus thing people say you grow all that stuff it's like no sorry i wish we did but so it's a, it we support it's a really tiny bit of land people yeah, but we do we do, <laughs> we do support other chunk, no yeah. but we do support other farms so it's not like and we know them personally yeah, so that's so good it, it, does help. it does it does help but we do have it's a good year for figs we've got a lot of figs this year the rain from the winter time and the um, yeah, we pick. It took me 45 minutes the other day in one tree to pick the figs. Um, unfortunately, it was Dad and I's job to do. Dad and my job to pick that, and it was a two-man job. Now it's one-man job, and it's sort of depressing and exciting at the same time because you got a lot of harvest, but there's nobody there to help you. So, sort of bittersweet, but uh, sort of put put it off for a while I didn't want to pick it because stuff with the tree is loaded it takes a long time by yourself yeah, so awesome. 45 minutes one tree and got like 30 or 40 pounds and that's we pick two or three times a week so figure that's out is that the one in the front yard mm -hmm. yeah that's Dad, a lot every time he harvested I remember him come in and go that's a blessing mm -hmm. that tree's a blessing that's, that's like yeah it just keeps I don't think, can we, we even buy that tree? Did we, we buy that tree? Yeah, we bought okay. that tree. That one was, that was free. The other tree was free. But it's kind of pretty, too, the way it's growing. Yeah, it got a little massive, and uh, I didn't cut, his back, cut it back as hard as that did. So. But we still got a lot, even though the squirrel is eating a lot. So. You share. You share, but I hate that One for the squirrel, one for the crow, and two for whatever. He sits up there and eats. Yeah. When you're in the tree with the squirrel, uh, he's got to go. So it is. Uh, Dirty looks. Yeah, he does it. He's actually scolding you for taking yeah. his pigs. For a while there, I thought he was eating all of them. I was like, leave me some, and then all of a sudden, you get. Yeah. 30, he's like, leave my pigs. Yeah, but there's something about that. But the, currently, there's enough for both. But then also the Mexicola, he's getting the Mexico avocados yeah. are coming in. Mm -hmm. Those are he popular. Take, yeah, with the squirrel too. And <laughs> takes, he takes a bite him? out of it and drops it. It's still edible. I mean, we eat it, but it's still, it's still. He should just eat the whole thing. Yeah, but he, he never does. Thing, yeah. So we. And then Marley finds the drop avocados eats, uh, and then eats the avocados. Yeah, <laughs> he so. loves them. And pizza crust, right, Pizza Boy? Yeah. Yeah, he's just he's passed yeah, out. So he's like too uh, hot. Two months out of the year, August. In September, we get our own avocados. Um, yeah, it's a jungle out there. I posted um, some pictures on Instagram and Facebook. People were yeah, just like, wow. <laughs> yeah, don't look closely. <laughs> well, it's overgrown, but that's the way it happens in the summer. Yeah, yeah, but some of it is because Dad's not there to cut it back. Yeah. So that's, uh, yeah. Dad had the patience to do it. Well, I one, we had a volunteer the other day, and you know, just mentioned that. So, you know, Sundays are when... I mean, we miss dad in a sense but Sundays are were the, 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 the most because like for 30 years it was work in the garden or work outside doing something he was always doing something so Sundays was it was like and his dad was Sundays was work in the garden so like his dad and then our dad so Sundays were I mean we worked in, he worked in the garden all day, day but, but I don't day. know why Sundays were just 
I don't know. Well, even before, made Sundays I mean, different, we, though. Even it was before, always, in even before yeah. in business, it was, it was a Sunday. Yeah, so yeah. Sunday yard Sundays meetings. is a little. We were able to catch up on some yard work, but mm-hmm. unfortunately, I'm not catching up. I started trouble so, with the sound of the bucket scraping. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we would sweep, clean water. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Pruned. I was good at pruning. Mm-hmm. Finally, uh, a week or two ago, I couldn't get the car in the driveway. <laughs> Because the plants were so overgrown, I finally... And it's a big car. <laughs> yeah, it's a small, big car, small driveway, and Dad would always meticulously prune this thing in a straight line. He sculpted it. But guess what you did? Piece. Nothing happened. So I just, I didn't have the patience, I just took a hedge trimmer to it, and so now the car can sort of kind of fit, but the truck can sort of kind of fit, but it's just things like that that you don't realize that it's Dad would be plates. on top of. And... Like, it's everything's growing. But it's spinning plates. Justin's yeah. in one corner of the yard trying to maintain one yeah, corner of the, the yard. La- lavender is brutal. I don't know if I'm gonna be able to get you to yanked that. out the ones up the street. Right? Yeah, that's overgrown. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm gonna get to lavender. A lot of it's gonna have to, and then when the summer ends, then it gets oh, all yeah. hacked down. That's Dad would do the trombosino that I'm looking at right now. He would trim that. Another thing we have harvesting albicaba, which is uh, exotic fruit that sort of uh, had it for like 15 years but only produced the last five it's a little grape kind of fruit yeah it looks like a grape but it's growing on the bark so it looks like there's it looks like disease on the bark yeah it looks looks like like fungus the the bark sorry and so (laughs) yeah well one farm stand customer she's from argentina or south america she says the best thing nutrition wise and she used to grow up on it, so she bought a bunch, and we had like 15 pints in one one week that we sold. So it just grows on the these, it grows on the the trunk. It's really it. actually pretty to me. Yeah, nothing bothers it. I had to take it off the list this week because we sort of picked it off. But there should be another batch coming. I think in. it has cancer fighting properties, or it's just very high in something, whatever right. you know, something. You no, know, habitat. Like yeah. That's an Spelled with a J. <laughs> <laughs> Again, people call it a Jabba. Yeah, it's just a novelty thing that grows between the sapote, the pineapple, guavas, and fig. And it's just sticking there on the side of a, the trunk with some grapes, grape type fruit. But mm-hmm. Some exotic things, not really, we're not in that business, but it does, people get a kick out of it. Um, yeah, in the animal yard, um, the chickens molting early, which and the ducks, chickens and ducks are molting early. Now they often change seasons, but my average is usually like they would molt in November. I'm not sure why they are molting early. This is really early for them. I mean, I know they they usually do it at the end of summer, but here because it was hot early. Well, no, it's I mean it's an old wives' tale that. An early molt is, a, is, you know, indicative of a difficult winter. I don't know if that's true, but it kind of gets you wondering why, why all the chickens are molting early. It's, it's also been very. Humid. It's been really hot and humid. It's unusually humid, and it's been getting more and more humid in Pasadena. Everybody's saying it's never been this humid. And dry heat. Used dry to be heat? Pasadena dry heat, yeah, but um, it's a desert. But <laughs> desert people. I go, uh, yeah. It's really humid. I go through two or three shirts a day. <laughs> you know, I think one time he came in, Nisi goes, did you, like, wet yourself in the hose? He goes, no, I didn't. This is, so, I mean, he was actually dripping. And yeah, it was like you could wring out your shirt. That was what it is. And then I put on a dry one, and a couple hours later, then it's wet again. So, then that's like very unusual. Wet. Yeah. It's best. I mean, we're, you know, right born and raised south, yeah. but you don't expect it in California. No. I'm getting old, so, yeah. Well, I just don't understand. I mean, I... <laughs> Sorry, that's all relative. Sorry. <laughs> we could talk, start talking about aches and pains here, guys. Yeah. Hey, I'll enlist my <laughs> Long time of hard work, right? I just, it is interesting. I mean, you know, maybe can people feedback about the chickens molting early. But in all the ra- years I've been raising chickens, 2001, I've been raising chickens since 2001, this is the earliest. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's yes. kind of been a little weird at times, but this is the earliest I've ever seen them yeah. molt. We also did get some measurable rain. Mm-hmm. I know Nisi texted me, rain. Tuesday, She's like, what? On Tuesday, Tuesday evening, we had like, it's measurable, a cloudburst. Uh, the humidity broke in cloudburst, and it just... The skies opened, and it and, yeah. yeah. So all, it just, unusual for the middle of 
summer, they had stuff sitting around. Car- <laughs> they had the farm boxes laid out. Joseph had the farm boxes with the, all their orders. The paper. Tag, paper. He's like, oh. Well, I know, because I, I, was, I wasn't in town. I called Annie, and I'm like trying to talk to her, and she's like, it's raining. I can't talk. I got to go. I got to stay with it. And I'm like, wow, okay. So I just yeah, hung up. It wasn't up. this drizzle. I mean, it was like coming down. It was like, okay, mm-hmm. make sure there's no... High school, hey, straw, straw, mm-hmm. chicken feed, expensive chicken feed, which is, or you know. just stuff like that that we leave out mm-hmm. because we take it for granted. It's not going to rain, yeah. so it was just a good news. And then the other thing is because of the rain and the wind that was in there, it blew over the, some sunflowers. Mm-hmm. It broke the stalks on the sunflowers. It broke mm-hmm. the stalks on the peppers. Yeah. The tomatoes are starting to fall over. Mm-hmm. Um, things like that where you say, well, because of the heavy water, mm-hmm. then mm-hmm. the water gets heavy on the leaves and then they fall over. So. Mm-hmm. Although we appreciate any rainfall, it did create a little bit. Yeah, and I was supposed to be in the fig tree, (laughs) picking figs, but because I was about five minutes away from getting the figs, the whole tree was wet. I was. Well, and there was lightning too. Uh, One of our friends said that he was in a pool just what two two cities over, and they told him to get out of the pool because the lightning strikes. So So you don't think I should go in the tree? No, I don't think so. (laughs) With the aluminum ladder. Standing yeah. on the thing that yeah. says that's do not step on. Stupid. That's called do not step on the step. If you are, you that's, need you're to take the gene pool. <laughs> need the gene pool. Yeah, I went through another pair of clothes because I got all wet because I was running yeah. around. Yeah. You know, the car windows are open, woods outside. And you've gone through your uh, third pair of shoes. Talk about yeah, you go through. You and your, yeah. I said you should be sponsored by King because yeah, you love Keen shoes and you go through about five of them oh, a year. Yeah. So That's pretty rough. Because so. you're always in the, you're just like walking. I mean, you're. You're working and you well, like water, 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 water. It, it really rips up your shoes. Yeah. So I mean, homesteader gear is like real important because you don't think of it, but you know, homestead. You know, if you homestead or farm, you need good gear. You need good shoes. You need good. Well, and yes, if you were working in the, if you're working in winter, you wear like boots. Yes. But there's but no winter. There's, there's no, no winter. winter. So Justin wears these like fisherman sandals, the keen. Yeah. And uh, yeah, but it's just. Goes through them, he like goes through them, and I just see another one, and he tries to make it last a little longer by stapling it, like I hear <laughs> duct tape, and he's like stapling it, and then he's like, yeah, I just can't make it happen. <laughs> yeah, I just don't know. The soles just peel off. It's like you got to. Yeah, and clogs okay. are sometimes they get sweaty, so these these work. Yeah. So. But I always had um, and um, well, my front is you know dealing with all the produce, so that's always a good you know good thing in a sense for overwhelming thing. Um, so with the you know, just knowing health, and I'm, you know, in tune with health, and um, we have a lady, um, Dr. Kenny, who's a, a farm stand customer, also comes and sort of treats us, because we need maintenance, too. <laughs> Muscles hurt, and just general. Every time she treats me, she goes, what did you lift? <laughs> like, why? She goes, all these muscles are messed up. I'm like, yeah, she doesn't do deep tissue. We no, deep it's tissue kind of like a, it's kind of like acupuncture. Yeah. She's like, she's just like, oh, you just lifted too much. She's always like scolding me. So she's like, you a teacup, and you've been glued back together. That's what she does. But she knows the the stress of trauma of the 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 loss in the last year, losing you know three close friends and her father. So she's you know trying to get us on there, you know, be focused on on our health somewhat selfishly I guess because you know trauma and stress is stored in the body so you know it's my focus on to get healthy so we can be healthy to help others because you know if we have to do workshops and we have to go out and speak and we have to you know to help others we have to help yeah so we were feeling at a point it was really and you know there's depression there's the stress there's the trauma so it's like, okay, how can we, get, you know, you're not going to get out of it for a while, and that's just the truth. It's going to be a journey, but how to do that? So I've been focusing on getting everybody healthy so that we can be, you know, in a good space, head space, good uh, health space, um, not so tired, not so exhausted. So, you know, she tells us, okay, your body needs this. You need more vitamin C drink, you know, drink. So we've been working with her and trying to, to get back on that and using some. We usually don't, and then the other thing is we don't, as a lot of people who watch our videos and Oh, interviews, no, we kind of hate electronic things. Yeah, but we did. But we did buy Vitamix because we felt that was... Um, we used to have the Hoot Nanny events, which would use a lot of the veggies. Like, all the veggies that we didn't sell, mm-hmm. we would make in, mm-hmm. like, feed 60 people. Mm-hmm. But... Um, farm dinners. Yeah. Farm dinners. Farm dinner, but. but with now it's like, oh, I used to make, like, three gallons of cucumber juice, and, you know, but now it's like... It's not yeah, the, a lot of cucumber. Yeah. Over so we're drinking it. Um... 
So Vitamix, we did invest in the Vitamix. It was more like healthcare. Yeah. We don't usually do electronics, but... Yeah, we don't. It's like, you know, people say you invest in healthcare. I'm like, yeah, we have to invest in our health. And so we are making small investments in our health this year just to... So we can get, you know, healthy. Like I said, you can't, you can't, you can't help... If you're drowning, you can't help other people. So we're trying to be strong ourselves and get back, um, you know, on our feet um, through, you know, life. You know, life you can, sucks, you but, you know, you can feel it in your muscles. I can feel it in my head. A little overwhelming sometimes. So, but there are people, like I said, we still get great comments. People want us to go there and there. So it's like, okay, you know, we do still touch people. So people still writing in. So we feel that, you know, we still we have, have to do have this. have to have a solid foundation. But we have happens. to be well. So we're taking some time for well, ourselves. Well, Dr. Kenny, like she said, she says, just move your body, mm -hmm. you know, release it out of your muscles. Mm -hmm. And we're taking time to um, have fun too. You know, not just work. Because we can mm -hmm. work. Problem is with us. We have a good work. We have a good work that we could just sit and we can start and we can work to the end and a week, month can pass by, but taking a conscious effort to say, okay, well, we do take Sabbaths off, so correct that. We do take- But we, just to do yeah. other things but, that so, I mean, we, that's just been a family trait, was yeah. a good work ethic. It's like, okay, this gets, it needs to be done, we put our head so. down and we work, but then sometimes you look up and maybe months and years have passed, yeah. and so it's more time like just looking up and breathing and, yeah, I mean, we tell participating Deuce, in the nature you're yeah. you're actually saving or cultivating. Yeah, I mean, like I said, Sabbath is always taken off. No ands if or but Sabbath. No, no work that those days. But sometimes we clap because of exhaustion, collapse. <laughs> Just more like, but yeah, like, nobody talked to us. Yeah, like, <laughs> no internet, no phones, no text. Like Just complete silence. Yeah. <laughs> Do not Down ask me a question. Do not talk to me. I know, I can't, my brain can't process this. It's like, phone calls off, my friend calls, I look at him like, oh, I'll call you later. But, um, yeah, so I had, was it last Sunday, um, a lady, she had, wasn't sure what the, the hootenans were still here, and so she called and made, wanted to come by, and Justin, I think, who took that call, Jordy? I Jordan took the call, Justin, but you, I wasn't here when here. she showed up. Right, so, but you weren't here when she showed up, you went, yeah, so nobody was here except me um, when they show, she showed up, but... She came with two um, little kids, little girls, and they had just gone to the Huntington Gardens and wanted to, you know, have a little picnic in the front because we have a little seating area. So I said, sure. So they're like, what do you have? We have I said, oh, I have tomatoes and cucumbers. So they had that made themselves a little sandwich. And they're like, hey, sit down, you know, talk. And so the woman was trying to explain to the kids what the hootenanny was, you know, and talk about dad like this man. He was smiling and he was always friendly and greeting and just trying to kind of like give them like the, a vision of what what this place was and so you know they were like you know wanted the history so I started talking about the history you know back from you know dad graduated from college 19 you know and, and then in 72 immigrated to New Zealand then um, went back to Florida where he had 10 acres had bees sold honey and moved to Pasadena in 84 to go to theology school um, but then you know this became uh, the homestead became our ministry in a sense um, you know we took out the took out the lawn in 89 before you know before you know people were just like what are they doing so you know kind of giving that outline and they were just the kids were just fascinated and you know what we did here and i told them you know look on youtube for homegrown revolution and, and i the told them nannies how, are there too, so. yeah and the hoot nannies are there and i said you know and we traveled with this film this little film that you know we did in three days that made a like a worldwide impact um and i said you know we're one of the one of the struggles where we were, we had, especially going overseas, was here we were as Americans and going to tell these other people, you know, how to live. And we're like, well, that's kind so of weird. Part of the presentation in the video was like bicycles, bicycle transportation yeah. and one Indian up your clothes. And around us is like rickshaws and bicycles. And we're like, this what is are we weird. doing here? You guys ride bikes. However, yeah, yeah so I explained was... Um, and one of the we were there we're in India. Yeah, we were in India for two weeks. We stayed in people's homes, and one of them was uh, the, this man put us who put us up, brought us to different places around one the, of them the village. Like a, a tech school. Yeah, and so the girl, she was um, young. I guess she was about seventeen. Well, she's in college. Yeah, and so she said, you know, um, stood up and well, of course it was translated. But what she said was thanking thanking us for bringing the Indian Indian ways back to India and I thought that was kind of a unique way of looking at it because it made sense then what we were doing because there. yeah because I was thinking I said here they are they're seeing all American you know American is being they're being fed fed American, American TV way. 
and internet and consumerism. So they're saying the American way. Here, you buy this, you ride this, you wear this, you then you'll this, be happy. And you'll be happy. They see, and they say, like, they see, I think they said Baywatch or whatever, whatever, whatever was happening at that time that was, you know, popular on TV. They, they thought every American lived like that. They honestly, honestly, I remember every sitting American there with a bunch like of them about my age, and they could not conceive there was homelessness mm -hmm. and people starving in America. I said, there is. And they were just like, so your nation, you know, like, mm -hmm. we're told that if we farm the American way, we can feed all people. I'm like, it's not being <laughs> so people that said I, I was trying to explain Skid Row to them yeah. of Los Angeles and mm -hmm. I actually showed them pictures and you could just see they're fed this like if you just do the American way everything will be okay well, here when you see American TV everything is is happy. sanitized it's mm -hmm. happy and or whatever it's a sanitized version so when it sense and I, I was telling the girls I said oh, it was sort of like I guess we were telling them you know America uh, presents this cake you know to the world this cake and it's, and it's sugary and it's yummy looking on the outside and you just and you and as Americans we stuffed ourselves with this cake and so and those who are conscious and are you know had their fill of the cake will step away from that cake and then tell people you know what you might not want to eat that cake because it doesn't fill you up it's you know and so and the kid not the as girl, she not was yeah i mean it doesn't it's not as good as it looks it to looks me. it's not feeling it's you're not going to get purpose from that so in a sense we're we as americans are telling them you know what we had that we had a slice or the whole cake depending and it's does it it's not well, it's they, not what it cracks up to be greece israel went to new zealand mm -hmm. Stuff? No, that's about it. Oh, well, and around and we went to Georgia yeah. Organics, Eco Farm. I mean, we've California, traveled. In, we traveled oh, do you remember the, the remember the group in, in Greece? Remember the old gentleman? He uh, remember like the, the young people. They bought their father, and we're like telling him how to garden. We're like in the middle on a Greece island. We're like, like, don't you know really? He's like, no, we lost it. He says we lost it, mm -hmm. and I, I was just like, I just I remember the Torino meeting in the Torino Film Festival. It was in Italy, mm -hmm. and they. Somehow the lady came to visit a year or two later. Mm -hmm. One of the people, and she right. wanted to make sure that we weren't faking it. Like, uh -huh. like it wasn't just television. She was like, so she was she like the head of the one of the head of the representative. Well, she was just visiting on the side, yeah. and then but we didn't know this. And then she, I think, at dinner table, she said, "I just want to tell you guys that you really like the only people where what I saw in the film was is what, I, what I see here. There's no change in because she was like." The people watch the film and go, oh, yeah, that's just on the film. Yeah, she says, shows. yeah, she says, I came here and I just saw the same thing. You guys were exactly the same way as I saw in the film. Mm -hmm. And she just like, usually there's a disconnect. And she says, you guys, you, you know, generally you're the real deal. Yeah, mm -hmm. she was, it was coming because she wasn't sure if we were faking it. Like, All for the film. Yeah, to, to make a film or to mm -hmm. reality show. Or, mm -hmm. This is a publicity stunt. This is people... You know, People do things, make a film, thing, yeah. you know. Well, they do it for one year, and they write a book about one year, it. One year, one year, and then yeah. quit, you know, mm -hmm. retire. But, so we can get back to other things. We have mm -hmm. a couple of questions. A couple of questions here. One from France, and another one. She's in America. She's in America. Hi, still loving your podcast. Curious if you guys can talk about your salad greens you grow. Um, That's from Ashley, so thanks Ashley, for Ashley. That's a question for Justin. Yeah. Right. Currently, are we talking about in the August. summertime? <laughs> Currently, it is August, and our salad greens are Tough. slim, slim and none. But you did do. get to pick two pounds the other day, so yeah, no, I picked. No, it was one of that. I think it was eight or nine. Oh, well, two pounds for one. Fourteen, 14 pounds. Fourteen pounds, pounds, pounds of salad. Fourteen pounds of salad and four pounds. Everybody, round of applause for Justin. No, <laughs> shut up. Shut up. <laughs> no, it's impressive. No. <laughs> It's a different kind of mix. Then yeah. our salad mix in the winter it could range from 20 to 25 different greens. Winter, fall, spring, 20, 25 different greens. Summertime it sort of gets down to maybe six or eight. Um, we have the issue we talked about the grotta bugs that eat the brassicas and the arugulas. So we're sort of limited kales. We're sort of limited what we can grow. So we do have Swiss chard, endive, lettuce, um, some amaranth. Um, Goosefoot and New Zealand spinach. New Zealand spinach, right? yes. Yeah, and the that amaranth, that uh, like that's that ticket. It's the uh, the, the green. Spinach. No, Caribbean the other one, the, the Yeah. That one. So it's just a different kind of mix. Um, it is very hard to get lettuce to last in the summer, but I'm trying. 
staggering a bit. I'm a little behind. But uh, salad mix we have grown year-round. We just can't supply everybody with it. And we still have some arugula growing, which is quite amazing. Still a little bit that of kale. That perny arugula is amazing. I can just yeah. eat that. So yeah, the wild arugula is still growing. Um, the Swiss chard handles the heat pretty well, so that's they're going well. The sorrel is another thing we put in our mix mm -hmm. in the summertime. Um, we also do some salad burnet, some, some other funky herbs that grow. Um, but in the wintertime and springtime is really where the... Also, rumex, red vein sorrel. Mm -hmm. But it's it's very slim variety in the summer, but in the wintertime and stuff, you can get 20, 20 different things going at the same time. Five, ten different mustards, five or ten different lettuces. It's like a rainbow, rainbow collection. Um, rainbow connection? No, no, rainbow no collection. don't start me on that um, song. <laughs> yeah, it's a bunch, it's a good bunch of stuff. So, that is our cash crop where Country Club buys between 10 and 15 pounds a week. So we try to keep him happy. He pays full price and we're able to mix and match some stuff. And also salad mix, we're able to grow a little bit of everything and then we put it all together and able to get $16 a pound mm -hmm. for that versus we don't have one pound of certain things. Yeah, um, edible flowers are still going. Edible yeah, yeah, different kinds. Dianthus, yeah. marigolds. Um, one of the cafes that we Sunflowers. Prisma, Chosuri, Bumi, Granite Sunflowers. Roses, miniature mm -hmm. roses like the heat. So, one of the cafes we supply with edible flowers, they like them so much. And, they're, and of course, they're businesses. You know, they're putting them everything. They went from one box to possibly two to three boxes a week now with the edible flowers. So, they're really liking the edible flowers on their, their stuff. So, that's, you know, supplying them and the herbs. Lemon verbena, chives, basil, pesto. Yeah, we got we have very good mix of basil. We have one, two, three, three or four beds of raised beds of basil. So it's a nice rotation where you cut one bed and it takes like three, two, three weeks to get back to that one. So by the time it comes back, it's it's. I'm so happy with how the basil turned out this year. Um, My favorite is the purple one. I love putting that in the salads. Nobody else buys it. I, I like it. No, that's why I, you grow it for me because I'm so in the salad. Weird. Everybody's like, oh, that salad's so amazing. I'm like, purple, purple basil. basil. Yeah, another thing we had issue with the humidity and the rain was the tomatoes, the cherry tomatoes, and the figs. They sort of um, they exploded, like split because of the moisture in the air. Mm -hmm. So, although they're perfectly fine. Yeah, the parsley is edible. Yeah, to sell them faster. They just split because of the moisture. They just bust. So it was unusual because then when I went up to the fig tree when I was, I was in big figs, I went up there and it was like all these figs just exploded. <laughs> so I mean they'll be jam or we'll eat them, but they're hard to sell like that. And the cherry tomatoes sort of do the same thing. Mm -hmm. Also edibles. Mm -hmm. Not like we're dumping anything. But. Another one from France. Sebastian, if you have time, can you tell me, did you follow a model as one John Jevons of a little place? So your experience is interesting for me. I suppose you have a lot of messages. Sorry for this one. It's probably the same as others. Thanks a lot for your help. Um, one mo the one book Dad did read about gardening Dad was John Jevons. Books. <laughs> was John Jevons, How to Grow More Vegetables. It was probably the one book that he did read uh, about that. And, and I think it fell a, apart. It, it was in a, it was a The three ring. books that I remember Dad was Rachel Carson, Fukuoka, and John Jevons. Oh, and Rodale again at gardening. Mm -hmm. That was it. Yeah. Oh, John Jevons had a little bit of, um, Dad took it and ran with it and had a little bit variations in there. We don't double dig, we don't triple dig. Mm -hmm. We did not follow a model, that would, I would it, have to say that. Yes. We, there was, was no the model. Spacing, the spacing and the documentation was good on Jevons, but we sort of went on our own little thing, like one size doesn't fit all. And we sort of modified it to fit our place and our in our um, we did style, yeah. our style. we so did it just inch. by doing yeah. vertical square inch hodgepodge of everything. And ours does not fit everywhere, but it's uh, there was no model. It's not like we saw anything and said, "Oh, we're going to do that." It was like we have this. What are we going to do? It was more like that. And, and how and can we do it? I mean, it's a it's a good book to get started. 
However, I think we went beyond. It's one of the few we books like, we recommend. Yeah. <laughs> one of the recommend we used to sell it before Amazon sort of took over all the book selling things. <laughs> sell <laughs> I think you find it on Amazon. It is, For cheaper. It is a quite, if you're not used to it, it is quite. We did have the pleasure of meeting Jevons. It's like Jevons. a workbook sort of thing. It's, it's, it's a good book to start, you know. Yeah, it's like we a documented workbook, everything, yeah, we document. and we did meet him about... 2006? 10 years ago? Yeah, no, to yeah he so spent time with us. and We were at this event in Northern California, and one of his workers was walking. It was another Earth Day event, <laughs> and she was like, what is this? You're from Pasadena. Pasadena. Wow, and really? she got really fascinated. Yeah. And she was like, no, you, you guys have to come. To the you have to come. And she had told him all about it. So when we showed up, he was he was impressed. He he had looked us up and he he spent time with us, you know, and showed us their little trial plots. But Willets, yeah. I, yeah, I, remember, I remember them feeling like, wow. I think the quote she gave us, um, what was her name? Carol, Carol, Carol Cox. Yeah, Carol, Carol Cox. Cox. Yeah. She said that we, we did this on our trial plot but of course they have acreage she said but you guys you guys did something amazing in, uh, in, in a much smaller area in a in a harder condition yeah harder condition because you're dealing with a lot of variables well will it's will it's will it's up there is better you know yeah. it gets better rain and all that so that would be like north of san francisco so they'd be a little bit cooler. yeah it was like a nicer it was yeah. all green <laughs> it was all green <laughs> So I remember her being impressed. Still. She yeah. just was like, wow, you guys, because she was like hit the head of his trial plot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's going back to this guy, there's a lot of trial and error. Some things didn't work. I'm sure people get excited that they know that we cannot grow some things. Just can't. Um, it's not can't the land of milk and honey. People, <laughs> people think we can grow everything and we can't. So please contain your excitement. <laughs> I'll tell you that we cannot we grow fail. some things. We do fail. One of the challenges that dad could never quite understand was rhubarb. Um, <laughs> it was a challenge that it grew first I think it gets first hot. moved here. I can't think it gets too the hot. The irony was one of the first gardens we put in, rhubarb grew. <laughs> but I think it 30, was cooler by 30, the water. 30 years 30 years it was ago. by the hose. It was over there Nicole. and it grew. So fast forward 30 years better, later. Better, better soil, better this. Smarter people hopefully, <laughs> better soil. Unfortunately, um, we cannot get rhubarb to last more than one. I have to say the two times I remember it really good 30 years ago was over in that corner by the hose and over in this corner by the hose. That might be the trick. It might be the trick. But the dad was challenged and we took it as an insult that we cannot, <laughs> we cannot keep the rhubarb alive. He and tried to get so Every plants. year he'd buy the rhubarb plants. and try to get it. We would buy bare roots. <laughs> they would die. We would buy starts. They would die. We'd buy seeds. He tried they so would hard. Die. And it was, the plants were absolutely beautiful. Beautiful. They're Huge, wet. three-foot plants. Mm-hmm. Massive. Everything. Then we started early in the spring. Then comes July and August. And too, the heat just zaps it. And then so you figure, let's water it. Mm-hmm. Bad news, the water steams rocks. It, steams it. Steams the roots, kills the roots. And their beautiful three-foot just tall plant just dies. Mm-hmm. It would just drive dad crazy, and it was so. We cannot grow that for some. Well, we can grow it, but it just won't doesn't last make past it past. It could be California. The weather has changed yeah. in 30 years. It's no, not the also same California. It is. We're in a hot inland valley, mm-hmm. and maybe it's at a different location in the yard. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's near like by the hose or on the north side of the house. Mm-hmm. But we can grow it. We just can't make it last over winter, over summer, because it's so brutally hot. Mm-hmm. Then we decide to water it, and the water and heat steam the plants and rots it well california california has changed in the last 30 years yeah, so it, people say tomatoes they used to be master tomato growers the guy was 90 years old grew wonderful tomatoes he says the last couple of years have been brutal for him he hasn't been able to do it unfortunately yeah the rhubarb was a uh, a challenge that we kept trying year after year different places in the yard but they would grow they just would not last we thought we'd hit, you know, try this section, this section, this thing, and yeah, one day I have to try it again. In a different location. It was a very frustrating and challenging thing where you can get it to grow, but you can't keep it alive, which is highly unusual. 
for us with green thumbs, and I think that took it as a front. But, <laughs> a and it was a personal, personal. <laughs> it was uh, what do you call it? To his pride, to, gardening, yeah, to his green, gardening thumb. green thumb. It was an insult. So uh, I'll have to try it again. I know there's a friend of mine said his friend has a variety that grows in inland valleys, so we might try that because it's more tolerant of heat. It's quite hot here, so I think rhubarb doesn't like that. But we cannot grow everything, and I'm sure people will be thrilled yeah. to hear. <laughs> so let's see. What it's not it? all perfect. We, no. like, I think Dad would often say, "We don't post the ugly photos, people." Yeah, blueberry stories. <laughs> blueberry stories. He's like, you know, people are like, oh, it's so wonderful, and they would like raise you up on this pedestal, and Dad would be just like, "We don't post the ugly photos. We don't post the failures. I mean, yeah, we do sometimes, but." If you're actually trying to sell, like, sell something, you know, you're going to put the nice stuff out. You're not going to. Yeah. And then they also. And, and there's a lot, well, like I said, future, a lot to be done. We have a busy week ahead of us. A lot of plans. Uh, a lot but. of things ahead. I have two classes, actually, I'm doing besides the workshop, canning workshop, also doing some um, kids, uh, canning, uh, canning class for some kids. So that's going to be fun to do for the city of Los Angeles, I think it is. Yeah, I think it's like public works public program works or something, program. some so inner city thing. Yeah, so I did that. But yeah, so as for future plans, a lot of people keep asking us, "What are you going to do?" I mean, we know the morals and the vision that, you know, the core is there, but there's a lot of decisions have to be made. But I think I was reminded yesterday something, you know, because everybody's like, you know, these wild visions of you know, this and that, and I was reminded yesterday, Dad would often say, you know forget going to Mars, we have to live on planet Earth. So sometimes when your brain just gets all like, you know, what to do, this, that, and you're just like, okay, just here, <laughs> right here. That's it. Yeah, so we're trying to figure out what's the best way or direction for the urban homestead to go. Um, I know a lot of um, Dad's idea was to make it more community-oriented. There's definitely some improvements that need to be done. Um, there's some projects that haven't been finished. We'd like to get um, solar Water heater. The house finished. is 100 years old. Yes, yes, it's happy birthday to the house. And as a 100 year old yeah. house, we should give it some yeah. birthday gifts. <laughs> it's 100 years old. It needs some love. Yeah, it needs it needs some money. So, and yeah. um, so we, we're trying to focus on maybe fundraise for that. Fundraise to you know the house is 100 years old. It needs it needs some help, and it's not been neglected, but you know yeah. time so has been put we'd like other to places. Finish some things, maybe put in put in because it is a historic house um, needs to put in gutters properly so that we can harvest um, rainwater. I mean, we do have the gorilla, you know, barrel system, but actual yeah, proper. Metal yeah, well, so we're still, we're st we, every decision we made about the house was always trying to preserve the character, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah, so, that's so, why we got the Historic Preservation Award mm -hmm. from the city, so we want to keep that in character, but. Happy um, birthday house. I hope yeah. we can love you some more. Yeah, so we like, like I said, we still want to Improve the homestead, so uh, we have. Go to people. Let us know. Yeah, we're, and people give us donate. Hey, do you need some? Uh, do you need a table? Yes, we do need a table. We hey, did do donations, we need... and one person donated the top of a, a pedestal sink, and we it came in handy because we did some uh, improvements, to, improvements the to the bathroom, and all we had to do was buy the pedestal, and so that was greatly appreciated. So we're always trying to find. We're also looking homes. for new project yeah, products, products like uh, anything that. You know, it's good that is you know new products on the market that will make more sustainable home. Mm -hmm. So, um, I actually have to start researching what's out there, and yeah. we're always willing to experiment and see what's out there, and definitely give off good feedback. Yeah. On. So we hopefully, like I said, look for future plans. Um, I think we're looking at a work. instant water heater or something. Sometimes, yeah, something yeah. more or, or solar water heater. We never got around to doing. Um, um, maybe a greenhouse, some sort of permanent greenhouse. Uh, system there's a lot and then maybe making the garage actually uh, a like nicer a workshop space with the actual floor um you know and and a you know a nice power plant. there was talks about um yeah. we were one, no there was one time we were actually dealing with like even a tiny home yeah. model as well yeah. on yeah. property yeah so there's a lot of ideas out there so we um that'll be probably another podcast yeah future plans a friend of ours asked us some tough questions and <laughs> We had got into our psyches a little bit. It was we like had some very <laughs> snarky answers on some of them. So 
<laughs> snarky well, me? No. He said, he said, well, never snarky. No, his idea was, he came to Water Potluck, he goes, well, you know, I got some ideas for you guys. So then we're thinking, oh, these dudes come with ideas. We're going to just sit here and listen. He's like, no, I'm not giving you my ideas. I'm going to ask you questions. No, I'm going to ask you questions. And we just, the first question, we looked at him like, a little, thiv- bit, really? little bit of a, a mining into your psyche. And you're like, well, is this a therapy session? Some of the... <laughs> Sometimes it is good for somebody else to ask the questions yes. because mm-hmm. questions you don't want to ask yourself, somebody mm-hmm. will ask you. Which is why we keep so busy, so, so we don't have to think. Don't so, so, no, his questions were very good, and I printed them up, and I look, we yeah, looked at stay them. Stay tuned and for the future podcast where we address those questions <laughs> in, our very in a sanitized way. version that was not... <laughs> It was not recorded, guys. Sorry. I mean, we take his raw notes it, and yeah. just no, dissect we will, it. We will. It will be the PG version. A little more civilized. Civilized version of the questions, yeah. So, tough questions, you know, who you are, where but he's you helped, came uh, from. He's helping us try to focus on the, the root. His, 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 his word is for the root. What is the root of this so that we can build on? Because like I said, you get distracted. You know, things happen day to day. And it's like, okay, go back, go back, go back. What's the root? So help us build a better foundation. Well, that'll be another podcast. We so. go through his twenty or so tough <laughs> questions, and we can keep the snarky comments to a minimum. No guarantees. <laughs> no guarantees. And the private comments about other people's issues. Well, see, the problem oh, that is was, that was you talking about me. The problem I, is he asked me, and then you chimed in about my, my He asked me what my problems were, and you're like, "Well, what all, well he actually asked what our flaws were." <laughs> and yeah, you don't like, want to know that. So. Um, <laughs> so Obviously, other people can point out your flaws, so we did have a little... No, he did was proud of us. He said, you, you did, if you admit your flaws, then you got your own stuff right. I, I think, think we admitted like, all flaws pretty well. I didn't think you liked my, my comment, though. <laughs> well, because he was asking me. I, I had to admit to my flaws, and that, and that, and you were admitting to, you were telling me my flaw, and I was supposed to admit to my flaws. We do admit all flaws pretty well. We're pretty, yeah. we know I a lot like, of stuff. Like but, flaws. <laughs> but I, you know, it's, but I, we're, we're much like dad, and... It could be a curse and it could be a blessing of a million different ideas. Like we could just sit here and just say, brainstorm. Wow, we can, you know, we should do it. And then it's like dad would sit there and I remember sitting there like, dad, I can't do it all. And we, we can't, we struggle with the same thing. So it's more of like focusing on the root and the core of exactly where you see yourself going. And, and still, it's still us three. I mean, we do have help and we appreciate all the, all the help the friends have been with in. the podcast we appreciate the help with that we appreciate Farm people coming friends. by and checking on us we still appreciate people you know calling hey you need anything i'm at the grocery store so we, we still appreciate that thinking about us um who keep us you know focused and or just drag ourselves out of the house once in a while and say you know you need to get out so it's like yeah we do so um we do appreciate all that and the friends that supported us and we do um also want to thank again to the podcast listeners and um, we enjoy you know your comments uh, we encourage questions Send us questions and uh, encouragement yeah criticism <laughs> yeah so you can yeah we can find us on um yeah we're we're um, on major podcasts and it's on the website if you go to mm-hmm. urbanhomestead.org yeah. slash podcast you'll see all the yeah, major and platforms become a patron too because like i said you get special uh you know workshops that are uh for patron only so yeah, there's a lot, lot in the works, and we have actually after this we're recording another podcast, so we're just gonna. But hopefully, keep you going. do less talking. Yeah, we're interviewing a, a friend of ours, Tom Fair, who wrote the theme song. Yeah, theme song, theme song so you hear at the beginning and end of this podcast. Yeah, so we'll be doing that. So um, that's about all the time we have um, for today. Um, we, um, thanks again for tuning in, and until next time. Thanks for putting up with us. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go down to the urban homestead, Pasadena by the freeway. Right down there on the urban homestead, Jules and his family are working away. Come on down to the farm in the city, back to the future, back to the plan. Right down there on the urban homestead, loving the life, back into the land. Oh, 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 help the garden grow, singing. Oh, 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 we've got to help the The Urban Homestead theme song was written and recorded by Tom Fair. Thanks, Tom. We've come to the end of this show. Thank you so much for joining us. Be sure to tune in again. Until next time, this is Annie, Justin, Jordan. Keep Keep on on growing. growing.
Remember to follow us on our website, urbanhomestead.org. Also on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. We love to hear your feedback. And if you'd like to become a podcast patron, go to urbanhomestead.org forward slash podcast.